2: Screams in the middle of the night, shadows on the walls, apparitions and weird noises all coming from a remote village in the north of Sweden. So what makes this place so haunted? The old Vicarage building
3: is the scene of a strange story, and not a lot of information is available about its history, but the stories about the haunting seem to abound, especially now that it is used as a bed and breakfast. Let's explore the mystery of this building, judged by many as one of the most
2: haunted spots in Europe. Hi, my name is Anne. And I'm Renata, and we welcome you to this week's episode of the True Hauntings Podcast.
1: Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This. Is true hauntings.
2: Welcome back in. Oh, welcome back to you too, Renata. What a week we've had. Oh gosh, hasn't it been a fun-filled week of events? There was just so much going on. I'm discombobulated. I know. Where do we even start? Yeah. Well, let's
3: start by saying. You may have noticed that there are now ads on the True Hauntings podcast. I've tried very hard to pop those ads into decent spots so it doesn't uh, interrupt your listening pleasure. But, uh, yeah, we are now monetized, and we were very excited because we made $3.55 the other day. You've yes. never seen two old ladies so happy. Oh, I was
2: so exciting. <laughs> $3.55. Oh, and I sat there for half an hour thinking, what am I going to do with that? We're going to share a cup ah, of coffee.
3: Yes, Um, maybe not even that (laughs) we'll we'll have a shot of coffee and we'll split that between us but it's a start it is and thank you guys for um listening to those ads because that is sending money our way and uh, we appreciate it absolutely thank you so very much and then Mm -hmm. we had the uh my dad ended up in hospital he's not well at the moment um but we he is on the mend but uh with all this trauma going on of getting him into hospital, I got home that night and got the email from hell.
2: <laughs> you did. I was a bit, you did. bit distressed. <laughs> you were very distressed. And it, then it was the hours of, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? But Tell yeah, them what oh, the email was. Oh, well, you got an email to say, JAL have now cancelled our flights. So thank you Japan Airlines for cancelling
3: the Ghost Granny's flights um, to England for our road trip. Very much appreciated. We were flying premium economy at the best price you've ever seen in your life. But no, we're just going to cancel all of that on you and you can bugger off.
2: Yeah. Talk about dangling the carrot. Talk about dangling the carrot in front of your face and going, look what I have for you. And
3: we we finally got the courage to book the flights and start planning an overseas trip because it's been so horrible with the Rona. Yeah. And... They went and did that on us. Yeah. And I'm that made me scared then because mm. I'm thinking, if this has got cancelled, what else is going to get cancelled? Because that's it's at the back of your mind. Yes. So I went, duck that. I'm going to get in and book some flights straight away. So I got onto, I decided to go with Qantas. Even though I could have got cheaper flights, I decided Qantas is the Australian airline. They're not going to be cancelling as many flights as international airlines, because they're not flying into our country as regularly at the moment, Mm -hmm. things may change. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're we're back in cattle class, and there's probably Barclays and none of us being able to afford premium economy, never mind business class, but we're on a flight. That's right. And that's the most important thing.
2: And I have to tell you, it's probably been, I can't even remember when. The last time I actually flew Qantas because it was always one of the most expensive. But then to I realised
3: that their um, their baggage allowance is so much better. Mm. Really, is so much better, and um, we'll treat ourselves and be able to go to the business class lounge, even though the flight leaves at six o'clock in the morning. I've worked out the business class lounge opens at 5am because I've got a couple of passes I can use and we are going to be lining up at the door going, hello, excuse me, knock, <laughs> knock, knock, hello, excuse me. I need my cappuccino. I need my cappuccino, please, and my croissant.
2: Can I have that to go because I've got to catch a plane? <laughs> and we'll put that through the, um, the machines, the the, the Thingies. oh yeah
3: we'll have our cappuccino <laughs> with a lid on the cup as it goes through security <laughs> now we've already gone through security at that stage that's all right um but yeah that's that's our plan is um and but the, the good news is is that we had an 18 hour layover in hanada airport and yes. we've got rid of that we are yes. actually getting there a whole day earlier yes and um we're just going to stay at the airport hotel because we're getting quite late and uh then the next morning we get up and get the car we can drive in daylight to our next location. Yes,
2: we'll be nice and fluffy and all fresh slept, 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 slept showered. And all sweet and yeah. It's did and I will on... probably still be up at four o'clock in the yeah. morning going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm awake now. I can't. I'm <laughs> sleep what are we doing (coughs) oh excuse me the asthma
3: is playing up today the bronchitis is 99.9% gone but the asthma's decided to kick in I think it's because I've opened up that candle over there I can smell it Mm. so yeah that's that's the plan we will be heading off now um Uh, We fly out on the 4th of April, 6 a.m. on the 4th of April. Please, everyone, send us the good wishes that we get an upgrade to premium economy or even extra leg room would be fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am five foot nine and I'm a big girl. So for me to get crammed in behind those little chairs is agony. But I will bear with it so I can get there.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's just your mind has to go elsewhere because if you think for a moment that you're stuck in a tin can um, thousands of feet up in the sky. Shut up. With, <laughs> with only That's two, what alcohol and valium is for. Only two little engines on either side of four or whatever however many there are. Going. <laughs> <laughs> see, we would and have had noise cancelling <laughs> headphones if we were in the other class. And they, they come around they say, shut the window. Yeah. That's so you don't see. The flames and <laughs> <laughs> flames coming out the those, when they fail. For
3: all those people with anxiety <laughs> over flying, I, I apologise profusely for Renata's remarks. Oh
2: my god. God.
3: All right. We need to get on with this story.
2: All right. Okay. But I so like talking about... I oh, know. I'm excited points?
3: too. Anyone that would like to donate to our Patreon fund, <laughs> please go to the Grand Pooh Bars and sign up. <laughs> Just look for Anne and Renata on Patreon. You will find us. And welcome to our new members too.
2: Yes. Yes. Hello and thank you for being a part of this crazy you. team. Uh, you all make us get up every morning and do what we do because and brush we our love it.
3: Thank you. <laughs> okay. Shut up, Renato. I've got okay. to do the sound scope. Right, go. It is so much more fun to believe in things that cannot be described than just saying no, based on the defiant. I live my life when it comes to spirits, trolls or talking to animals. It is by no means the things I fill my days with, much less spend time worrying about, but I think it's more exciting to be open to the unknown. This was also my mindset as I entered the most haunted house in Sweden. My father is of the same opinion, and I guess that was why he found the best birthday present ever for me a couple of years ago. He declared to me that the present was spending the All Saints Day Halloween in the northeast of Jumtland, Sweden, at Borgvatnets Vicarage. This was the time when I somewhat regretted my attitude. Perhaps it had been better to be a non-believer in strange, unexplainable things. This could have been the moment when I had gotten a spa weekend instead, but no, it was too late to back out at this point. We drove north through valleys, farms and deep green forests until we reached the small village of Borgvatnet north of Hammerstrand in Ragunda, Yamtland. I entered the mysterious old vicarage with mixed feelings and a kind of horrified delight of what was to come. How would I react if something actually happened, something I had never experienced before? What if I was proven right about the fact that there are unexplainable phenomena? We met with another family who were to stay overnight in one of the other rooms of the house. Together we got the grand tour and the host told us about the mysterious rocking chair, the strange images in the mirror, the crying lady's room, the singing radiators, the weird light reflections, the footsteps and... Ah. Then we got introduced to what we learned was the most important tool of all when it comes to the supernatural, a divining rod. Not to search for water, but to be able to communicate with the spirits. With great enthusiasm, we entered our new profession of being ghost hunters. We went from room to room with that same feeling as when you as a kid play the infamous urban legend game. Madame in black. Curious and terrified of what was to come, we went all in. And yes, things begin to happen. It was all surreal and a bit embarrassing to write about now, but it was there and then when I, for the first time, sensed the presence of other energies, a distinct feeling of coldness inside, a bit like having half of the body standing in a freezer while the other half is in a sauna. I froze to the marrow as the divining rod in my hands gave signals of unknown presences. When it was time to sleep, my dad and I were placed in the room of the crying ladies. The room has its name from the stories of people having experienced three ladies crying, sitting on the sofa of the room. My dad and I asked the spirits which side to choose of the double bed in the room, and I was placed next to the window. We felt it best to keep the lights on, and we both had difficulties falling in asleep. By midnight, we still had not fallen asleep, but as the clock turned 1am, I finally came to rest. I woke up suddenly from the strange feeling of having a large block of concrete on top of my body, like I could not move no matter what. I lay there like I was glued to the bed... And that is really as close as I can get to describing the feeling. I did not see the ladies crying, but the presence of something unknown was not something I could get away from. The whole scenario lasted for about ten minutes, and then it was like if nothing ever happened. I was wide awake, and it seemed my father was sleeping quite well when he woke up, he complained about the branches touching the window, keeping him from sleeping. The strange thing is, there were no branches or trees next to the building. The day after the questions popped up, did I dream it at all? What should I tell my friends and relatives at home? I could hear myself as I was trying to give a, a good explanation. My dad and I spoke of our experiences but is not something we necessarily want to tell others. We share those memories, my father and I, and we will always carry them with us, even if we may not ever be sure of what really happened. I am still convinced, though, life is more fun if you dare to believe in what you cannot describe and that soundscape came today from adventuresweden.com courtesy of Renata she sent it to me and it was a great one I thought we'll keep that Mm. so thank you very much to that lady who described her experiences Um, and what a great present yes Oh, it's almost as good as the present my dad gave us of the premium (laughs) economy flights on Japan (laughs) Airlines (laughs) (laughs) let us down Japan Airlines Qantas we love you (laughs) please upgrade us (laughs)
2: Yeah. Look, I came across this story um, when I was looking for other stories, obviously, for some of the other things that we do. And uh, it sort of pulled me in. But then we left it because there really wasn't enough to dig down into. I really had trouble finding some good information that I could share. Well, it's also difficult to find
3: um validating information mm. because it it did happen a while ago and they they refer to things in there that supposedly were kept as records and I couldn't
2: find them anywhere mm. that's that's true now when you go looking for this. Wonderful vicarage building in where is it? Borgvatnet.
3: Oh no, you've got no idea how many times we had to stop and re record that. That that threw me the Borgvatnet north of Hammerstrand in Ragunda, Yumtland.
2: Jamtland? <laughs> Jamtland. No, it's, it's
3: spelled J A M. T-L-A-N-D and it's got the hoofy-doofies over the A's yes. um, but I looked up how to say it it was the only one I could find to say on the internet so Yes, and
2: the most important thing to note when you look at the photos that are available nowadays is that it looks like a and b Yeah, it's it's just an ordinary looking little cottage. All done up. It's very pretty. They normally photograph it with snow all over it and it looks very cute. it is in Sweden. Um, When you find photos of it 50 odd years ago, it's very dark wood, Ah. which is very stylized for that area of Sweden. It's dark wood and pokey little windows. And I managed to find one photo of it that isn't a recent one. Well done, and, Renata. Uh, yes, you. Thank are you. such a good bloodhound. Thank you. i not calling you a dog, <laughs> I promise. Well, and, she can be a bitch sometimes. And when, but... you, when you look at it, it does give off a slightly eerier, e- e- a more eerie vibe to it. And it is over 100 years old. Oh, this, that's this old. She thing. knows
3: about these sorts of things. <laughs>
2: Uh, And it is in a little village named Borgvatnet And this village has uh, anything between 50 to 70 people Depending on what information you read But thereabouts Not a lot Yeah, 50 to 70 people And it's right up the top of, of Sweden So I'd say it is damn cold Yup, it's nibbly. And I dare say that they would be very superstitious up Mm, there. High shrinkage factor. Right. (laughs) Very superstitious. Yeah. And they talk about. The fact that when a lot of these villages were established, one of the first things to come into a village was a church house, of course, uh, or a vicarage. Yeah, it was built uh, and with the hope that a priest would come and take up residence. I'm sure he did, and uh, look after the <laughs> spiritual needs of the folk that oh, were there. Yes, and we've got some good stories about the priest coming, haven't we? <laughs> doesn't know what to say to that. No, I have no words. Yep. So more than 250 years ago, the first inhabitants actually moved into that area and created this small town. And, uh, yep, one of the first buildings to go up uh, was the church. And for any priest that was going to come and take the job to look after the church and to be the soul guide for the people there, it was the custom... To give him a piece of land to live on, mm-hmm. and to cultivate
3: food. Well, that's fair enough. You've you've got to give them a place to to live and um, be self sufficient. Mm-hmm. And look, it's it's the end of the earth up there in Sweden. I'm sure it's absolutely beautiful, but it is very close to the top of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that anyone going up there do any sort of work is going to earn every penny they've got. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. And so this is how the vicarage uh, came into being here. So it was 1876 when the first priest moved into the vicarage at Borgavatnet. I've said that word now about four times. Mm-hmm. Very good. You're just showing that you can do it so much mm-hmm. better than me. And in total, there were about 15 priests that would come and live there. And the last one was the final one who kind of came out of the closet and said, there's stuff going on in there and I can't cope with it anymore and I'm going to tell the world about it. Yep. So everyone else kind of kept their mouth shut about what was going on, but that didn't stop them from writing things down. Mm, Allegedly. Allegedly. Not that we can find them. So it uh, it took 15 priests, 15 priests for, for one of them to actually stand up and go... I can't do this but
3: the the thing is the, the church would not allow them to
2: speak about that well, sort that, of thing that is true that is true so uh, the first reports of the hauntings at the vicarage were made by a priest who was there in 1927 but it wasn't until the last priest Eric Lindgren moved into the vicarage in 1945 that whatever was happening there became public oh, yeah Yep. So, prior to this, we had uh, a priest called Nils. Ooh, what's his name, Nils? I've got it here somewhere. Nils Hedland. I, I started to get
3: so confused with the different characters because some of their names were quite similar.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah little discombobulated. So in 1927, the first ghost stories that started to surface were when Vicar Nils Hedlund wrote about them to uh, in a letter.
3: Yes, and I tried to find no. the letter, couldn't find it.
2: And his mother, Marta, had died in the same house in 1907 during childbirth, which is quite outstanding. Yeah. So uh, his mother had actually been there, yeah. given birth to quite a number of children. I mm-hmm. think it was eleven in total. Yeah, there's uh, conflicting stories on that as well. Yeah. And his father p pe- 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 peer pier like yeah. um co- uh, peer. allegedly allegedly couldn't face the fact that his wife had passed away and he buried her in the backyard. That was yeah. part of the story. Yeah. Um but that kind of really didn't fit the vibe of the village and when people found out that this had happened they demanded that he uh, put her in a sacred place yeah sacred ground yes that that he dig her back up and bury her in the cemetery so this could possibly be where stuff starts but i'm going to leave you to talk a little bit more about that i'm just going to read about um how all of this story started to come out yeah Now, 1947, during a meeting of the Yomtland Country (laughs) Agricultural Society in December, a journalist from a local newspaper was sniffing around Mm -hmm. because the story started to circulate about this haunted vicarage. And he came up to Eric Lindgren, who was the last pastor, last priest that was there, and outrightly asked him, what the hell's going on? Because is this is a good story. vicarage haunted. It is the Vicarage Haunted. Do, do. And it was safe to say that uh, Eric was very forthcoming with his information and he wanted to make stuff public. Yeah. Um and so according to Lindgren, one of the most haunting experiences that he had was being thrown around off a rocking chair. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. After this violence mm-hmm. that he had uncovered, this is what led him to uh, come out and talk about it. So, the stories about Borg Vatland, Borg Vatlet, where, there, that place. Borg, uh, but, for short? Yeah, it, they, this became a national sensation. It, it just went viral. Well, you didn't hear of any stories. In the 1940s, in 1950s, yes, it would have been. <laughs> And after all that publicity, the priests and the guests who had spent nights in the vicarage started to come out of the woodwork and tell them their stories. Oh, there was more. Yes. So as you were saying, this whole idea of ghosts and paranormal activity weren't looked upon with any sort of favor Mm -hmm. um, in the Christian religion. Nope. No, there is only one spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit. And anything else is evil. Anything else is evil. And so this is why the previous priests had not opened up <laughs> and talked about any of their paranormal experiences. But it only took one person to say something, and yes, awesome. Come for young and old. Yes. Now, no one knows how these, sto- these hauntings began, but there is an accepted story from uh, one of the first priests that lived in... At Borgvatnet, and this would then go back to our Nils. Yep. Yeah. Nils is the son of Peer. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that family was a bit loopy from my what- recollection. <laughs> you wait to hear the stories I've got to tell about them. <laughs> because the the story is that Nils, the priest, allegedly had a sexual relationship oh this is the son yes with a local young girl
3: isn't this bizarre okay can okay go on. and <laughs>
2: it's not quite clear whether this was a consensual relationship or whether he attacked her and yep. raped her yep. but when he found out that this 19 year old girl was pregnant the priest locked her in a back barn in the backyard And he kept her there until she had the baby. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she buried the baby after killing it, Mm -hmm. allegedly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And no one knows whether the girl made it out alive uh, or if she met the same fate as the child did. So you've got Dad, who buries his mum in the backyard, and then you've got Son, who comes along 20 years later, Mm -hmm. has... An affair, there is a baby, and the same thing happens. Mm, I'm going to throw a spanner into the works on this one. All right. I'm just telling you the stories. You you keep telling me. Yeah. Um, So this place was originally built in 1876. And the weird thing about all of this, as mentioned before, is that no one said anything about the stories for the first 40 years. No. No ghosts for the first 40 years. No nothing. Nothing. And this family had lived there. Yep. It then became a priest's home. Uh, and anyone that was coming in to um, the village lived there uh, and um, yeah, looked after the, the, um, the souls and uh, yeah, it was only this particular priest at the end who came out um, and said there's a whole lot of weird stuff happening and kind of that's all I can really tell you with regard to the history other than that it is as blurred as all hell it's confusing yeah, so you know you've got there's so many stories about people being abused mm-hmm. in that place and babies being mm-hmm. buried in the backyard and oh my gosh it's like crazy so where is the truth and where is the false Oh, who knows? Tales. Because a lot Where of it's been fel- lost in time. Yeah, but go uh, ahead. You fill let, in.
3: let me tell you. Um, oh, I'll have to come back to that one. Uh, first off.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care.
0: To find out if it's right for you, Uh,
3: there are different stories about what happened from different people and different websites. So I'm just going to say my information is coming from uh, thesocians.com. Paul Finch, Writer, Blogspot.com, Obscura, Atlas Obscura, mm-hmm. um, little, shop of hor- little House of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and out of all of this, I've sort of collected and I had to end up doing a timeline because I was just so confused. So the first thing that supposedly happened was in the very early 1900s. When a 19 year old girl was raped or it was consensual by a priest, when he when she started showing, he locked her in a room or in the shed out the back. when the baby was born, it was murdered and buried in the yard. Early 1900s. Mm-hmm. that's you were with, yeah, I was, with a completely different person yeah, 1920s. yeah so that that was different mm-hmm. already. Is there any proof that that happened? No no. Um, I did notice that Ghost Hunters International did a special and, um, oh, what's the Irish fella's name? I, um, it come to me, but he, he started digging up the yard, trying to find the baby. Oh, really? <laughs> I loved it. I thought, good on him. Um, so we have no proof. Mm-hmm. 1927. Uh, oh, hang on. No, we've, we've got to get the, um. Piers uh, moved into the house. So Marta died of childbirth in the house. This is um, Piers' wife uh, in 1907. Father couldn't face the fact his wife had passed away and so buried her in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Locals found out. Yeah, rah, 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 burying in the cemetery. But then the additional part was that Pierre agreed to do that. Mm-hmm. But the next day the whole family had disappeared from oh, the house. That's with the body. That's right. I read that somewhere. The body yes. disappeared as well. So that would have been Nils that was one of the children that was whisked away. Yes. But then another aspect of that story popped up uh, in Ghost Hunters International. And they said that when uh, Marta died... Um, mind you, the poor bugger had had 11 children, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Somewhere else said it was nine. Still a lot of children. It is. Um, that she was taken to the mortuary, that Pierre couldn't stand the thought of her being in the mortuary, so went and stole her body from the mortuary and brought her home for a few days, the body, mm-hmm. and then buried her in the yard weird whatever it is it's weird and Mm. there's obviously he loved her dearly and there is an there must be some sort of uh truth to all of that um and there's a lot of grief involved Mm -hmm. and (sighs) then you've got all the children to look after as well yeah uh so then we move on to Um, that's when Nils comes back into the picture. Mm -hmm. So they must have had another uh, minister there at some stage or other before him. And he was the first one, as you said, to report paranormal phenomena. He saw all of his laundry being pulled from the drying rack in the garden. There was no wind that day. He could clearly see the laundry was being pulled Mm
2: -hmm. off one at a time.
3: Nothing worse than being pulled off one at a time. (laughs)
2: I know. You know. Once those once those bits of laundry um, fall on the ground, that's it. You got to wash it. them all once over again. Once it's dirty,
3: it's it's oh. done. Um, and he, this was documented in a letter allegedly that he sent to someone. Uh, now. Then we have the 1930s next figure, <laughs> which was um, Rudolf Tungenden saw a lady dressed in grey in the house. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently he saw her walking slowly towards him through the, the main hall, the big hall, um, but... He was going to say, "Excuse me, you're lost. What are you doing?" But she turned into what they called the expedition room or the office, uh, where the vicars would used to work. Um, so he raced off after her to say, "You know, what are you doing in my house?" And there was no one in the room, mm-hmm. and there was no way out of that room. Mm-hmm. So she just disappeared. Then 1936, we have Otto Lindgren. This is why I needed to start writing names. Now, I was so confused.
2: I yeah, and look before we sort of start going, well, Eric Lindgren and Otto Lindgren might be related they might be no, it's but a, it, it could be like uh, the name could be like Smith. Yeah so who, who was it the two that were same? Oh
3: Eric and um, Otto yes. Yeah that's why I just started going yeah. hang on which mm-hmm. which one am I on now? Uh, so Otto and his wife moved in in 1936 um, they didn't have any issues but they had a lot of uh, paranormal things going on in the house. They so would hear heavy footsteps walking through doors um, uh, sorry walking through the house and doors were opening and closing like someone was moving from one area of the house to another area Mm -hmm. Um, they wanted to welcome the visitor so they raced out to see who it was and of course nobody there Uh, Mrs Lindgren had a strange encounter at the kitchen she heard music coming from within the kitchen and the door was shut so she went in to go and see what was making the music and as she opened up the door it stopped Mm -hmm. and she thought oh okay maybe we're just hearing things but then otto came back home and it did it again Mm -hmm. so they both raced out to the kitchen to check out what it was and once again it stopped interesting then in 1941 so as you can see there's quite a few paranormal experiences going on this is when they had uh inga flodden inga i've Feel like the Swedish Chef, the Hoof the 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 diocese secretary. She actually stayed over in the in the uh, vicarage in nineteen forty one on a business trip. Mm-hmm. So she slept in the guest room. Now at three a.m. Oh, we know what that is, don't we? Renata? Oh, no, no, no. <gasps> that's a witching hour. Oh, tears. Um, she. That's why you're always awake at that time. <laughs> <laughs> So she thought she must have been dreaming because she woke up and she saw three ladies sitting on a couch opposite the bed, staring at her. So she thought, that's odd. Mm-hmm. So she turned on the lights, brave woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the first thing I'd do too. But when you turn the lights on, you expect what to happen? They disappeared. They didn't. Oh. They were still there. Uh-huh. But
2: she could see right through them. They were transparent. Wow. Oh, i goosebumps. These apparitions don't seem as they're associated with the house. This is odd. Let me go a little bit further they're here. Like, they're like, they, they kind of come through.
3: Is there a portal? Is there a portal there? Is there ley lines? Anything's possible. <laughs> Somebody could have opened a can of Spam and all the dead people came out. <laughs> Gotta watch that Spam. You don't know what's in there. And I'm sorry to anyone who no. was thinking of sponsoring us from Spam. <laughs> Okay,
2: so everyone will rush out and buy a tin they haven't had one for fifty years.
3: Roman, you know at the start of the pandemic. Roman oh, went no. out and bought spam. <laughs> I said I would rather go hungry, thank you, but no thank you. Oh no, it's nice no, fried up and no <laughs>
2: that stuff. That stuff could live through a nuclear war. A, a nuclear yep. war. <laughs> Oh. Is
3: there anyone out there that likes Spam? Send us a message. I'd, I'd be curious yeah, to know if there's spam anyone that likes recipe. it. A oh, recipe.
2: no. Yes, we'd we'll make it. Do you we'll know what I saw it. the
3: other day? Somebody made chocolate chip cookies with a slice of Spam in the middle of it.
2: <laughs> why would you why do would that? Why would you do that? So you can't taste the
3: Spam. That's why you do that. That's one way of getting rid of it, I suppose. All right. Let me get back. <laughs> So she actually, oh, we've lost her. Uh, the, this lady had enough time, Inga, to have a look at the ladies and describe them. She said yeah. that one was dressed in black, one was in a purple dress, and the third lady was wearing grey. Now, somebody else had seen the grey lady.
2: Now, that's interesting because they're mourning colours. Purp- All of them. Purple. Purple. Or black, can, definitely. Grey. And uh, purple could be a morning colour, but different stages of mourning. Oh, ah, Because right. in some countries you wear black for a well, period I of time. Well, funny you should say that
3: because they said all three looked kind of sad. Oh. Hmm. Ooh, Renata, have you stumbled on something? Two of them had their hands in the lap and the third one was knitting. Oh. That's, that's odd. Um, so she said at some point she must have dozed off again. Now, would you doze off if you had three no. ladies sitting on the no, lounge and not. one was knitting? No, no,
2: no <laughs> and no, you could no. see
3: through them. Um, she said at the time she wasn't scared, just surprised. Mm-hmm. Oh, look,
2: three see-through ladies. <laughs> One's that, knitting. Isn't that interesting? Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'll oh, just go back to I'll sleep go now. Back to You're right. You stay there. Mm. It's okay.
3: I have a theory on that. Okay, I think it was a dream. Mm. And it was just one of those really vivid dreams. It could have been a um, projection, a telepathic dream as well. You mm-hmm. don't know. It could have been three ladies that were sitting there projecting that into her mind. I really don't think if you saw three see through ladies one knitting that you would fall asleep again. Mm. <sighs> 1945. Or onto Vicket. Vicket? Vic- Vic- why can't I say the word vicar? Am I possessed <laughs> by some sort of <laughs> a demon that's not letting me say the word vicar? <sighs> vicar Eric Lingrand moved into the vicarage and started to have weird stuff happen straight away. Mm -hmm. So on the very first night he was there, he could hear heavy furniture being dragged across the floor in the room above him but his furniture hadn't been moved into the house yet, it was empty Right. So he was Mm -hmm. hearing this stuff being dragged (coughs) around and it wasn't there Mm -hmm. Um... So when he went upstairs to check, all the rooms on the first floor were completely empty. So he started to keep a journal, allegedly. I've searched everywhere for this journal. can't find yeah, it's it. It's not to be found. Um, we, and, you know, we know there's other people who've kept journals of hauntings and they've been a wealth of knowledge. Maybe it's in Swedish and we can't find it that way. I don't know. So he did have a a rocking chair that he bought and um, one night he was sitting in the rocking chair reading a book and all of a sudden the chair started to be pushed forward and then it got shoved. So he was actually ejected out of the chair. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said that he tried again and he felt as if someone was blocking him Mm -hmm. and he got down in the chair and fell out again Uh, and then the rocking chair started to move on its own Mm -hmm. After that, he said he never sat in it again. But then I heard another source that said he did try to keep sitting in that chair, but didn't last very long. Then the GHI lady who was giving them the tour said that the chair moves around the room by itself. So they'll put it in one place and they'll come in the next day and it's moved somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So the chair's very busy. So in 1947, that's when they had the gathering and a a journalist picked up on the fact that there was a haunting Mm -hmm. in the the place and uh, that's when they decided to do the interview. Once again, I searched for this newspaper article. It would be in Swedish and I probably wouldn't have been able to read it anyway.
2: But but as we said, this went worldwide as a story. Why can't we find it anywhere? I don't know. Um, Look, I'm, I'm sure it's there somewhere, but yeah. So yeah. uh,
3: in this interview, apparently he was talking about hearing footsteps, candles being blown out, and that sometimes he even bumps into unseen people. Mm, very busy place. It is. And another thing they reported on was hearing footsteps in the garden that sounded like they were coming towards the house via there's a little wooden bridge that they walked across. Uh, but nobody ever came to the door. So mm. you, you know you hear the crunching gravel and the, the hollow footsteps over the bridge and then to the door and nothing mm-hmm. they'd open up the door There was nothing there uh so as i was saying at the time this was quite a controversial thing for a minister to come out and speak about ghosts because the only thing you're allowed to speak about was the holy ghost yeah, that's true so yeah big thing oh, like oh, big things
2: it, the whole thing, it it blows apart the belief system that is in place So, of course, they would not be allowed to be talking about this. Mm.
3: He also said that the expedition room... So, here's this expedition room again. The grey lady disappeared into the expedition room, which is also the office. He said that he always felt like there was someone looking over his shoulder, uh, even sensed a person sitting next to him, which made it impossible to work. Uh, Then he said eventually he got used to the activity in the house and just lived with it. But there was... uh, I don't know if you came across this information about the ghost priest. Yes. <laughs> the ghost priest. So there was a priest and for, some, Oh, the yeah, Forsland. That's right. Because it's our dear lady Tamara Yes, has the same last name, isn't it? Yes. Forceland. I wonder if she's related to him. So his nickname was the ghost priest. And this is in the 1980s. And, he was really against people talking about the occult or ghosts or anything like that. So he came to Jumtland Mm -hmm. to sort this nonsense out and apparently he was there for a year. He offered to relieve the village of the ghosts that were said to reside in the old parsonage. He was strongly against the occult phenomena that existed in the district. Apparently at the local village shop however they did sell miniature angels and devils. (laughs) I know who would be buying those. Oh, so
2: cute.
3: Um, And apparently if you stay the night at this place, because it's now a bed and breakfast. Oh, yes. You get a certificate of participation. (laughs) No, you get a certificate which says you lasted the full night there at the house. Yep. Which I think is rather cute. But he didn't like any of this stuff, you see. So uh, he then set about exorcising the ghosts out of the house. (sighs) How did that go, Renata? Um, badly. Nothing happened <laughs> yet again. So Which sort of says to me that maybe this was an ego thing for him rather than a faith thing. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so the the house has now been converted into a... uh ben breakfast. and breakfast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Will we ever get to Sweden? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Anything's possible. We just need a really big patreon (laughs) patron
2: patron patron that's the word we need a sugar daddy (laughs) for the two old women I'd love to go there and see it um And it is. Yes, it is a bed and breakfast. And you can find a whole lot of uh, little videos up where people have stayed and have talked about their experiences. And there are a few lives that have been posted. Mm -hmm. I've seen a shadow around the corner. Oh, my God, there was a shadow. Um, Apparently, this Forsland fella was...
3: um a bit controversial in his preaching methods. He was very doom and gloom and hell and fire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. Um, he was liked by many and hated by others, uh, raised debate and anger amongst those uh, uh, who, who saw him as stubborn and prof- provocative prophet of doom. Yes. So he sounds like he was just maybe a little over the top. Yes. OTT.
2: Now, the problem with all of these stories is that... I've got more. Oh, okay. Yes. I have finished yet. All right. <laughs> Keep going.
3: Oh, I've got to go through the rooms now and okay. tell you the bedrooms. You know how okay. when we some of those big yeah. hotels have a menu of rooms yes. and you can pick which ghost you want to sleep with mm-hmm. in the night? Mm-hmm. I've got one for you. Okay. The yellow room. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the pictures of these rooms, they, the furnishings and everything are quite... Dated. yes they look like they're still there from the 1940s and 50s um but they're keeping it like it would have been at the vicarage so uh this is the the room that ghost hunters international said there was nine children born and um her broad body so remember we we're talking about the lovely lady who died in childbirth yes her body was brought back to the yellow room where he sat and held her body uh now in that room you hear screams of childbirth, mm-hmm. allegedly. So uh, another source said that it's the room that Marta died in, mm-hmm. not necessarily the room where she came back to. Guests of the bed and breakfast see shadows in this room and sometimes people feel someone is pulling their clothes. Also, various guests claim to see a dent on the bedspread as if someone is sitting on it. Mm-hmm. Now, when they did an investigation in that room, uh, I think it was Dustin and another girl were uh, sitting on the bed and the bed started to vibrate and shake. Mm-hmm. And they had no explanation for that. You couldn't visually see it uh, shake or anything, but uh, the the young lady's going, oh, I can feel it vibrating. And Dustin put his hand on, hand on the bed and called, oh, I can too. <gasps> wow. Um, so now, now we go to the blue room. Was that exciting? Did you like the yellow room? <laughs> yes. Would you sleep in the yellow room? No. You want to see if I've got a better offer? Yes. Okay. The Blue Room. People who have spent the night in the Blue Room claim to have been woken up by the sound of heavy furniture being dragged around the room. Right. Mm-hmm. As long as I have to put it back again afterwards. That's I'll put my back out.
2: Well, at least, yeah. Okay. We're like getting the same sort of stories. Yeah. Yep. There's
3: also a ghost here that likes to pull the bed sheets off people in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like that. Although I kick all the sheets off anyway. Then um, they say that maybe this was caused by a small boy
2: whose apparition has been seen in the room. So who was the small boy? It must be one of the children of Martha. Must be one of the children of Martha. They
3: also hear the sound of a baby screaming in here. Mm-hmm. People feel sad and depressed. I wonder if that was where the pregnant girl was kept.
2: She, no, she was out in the back in some wonder, sort of...
3: So, oh, there was... Just, there was discombobulating stories about that too. One said she was in the house, locked in a room in the house because nobody wanted to see her showing her pregnancy and one said she was locked in a shed. Mm-hmm. Imagine being locked in the shed in Sweden.
2: Now, she, she could have been a maid because there are these oh, maid yes. stories. Oh
3: yes, there was a maid story as well, yeah. So
2: is this young girl a maid? Mm. Not just someone from the village that the priest had his eye on? Mm. Because that's hard to get away with but if she's working there... And it's kind of at a distance. There's nothing around it.
3: Either way, a wandering willy was involved. Yes. Naughty wandering willies. Naughty I want a T-shirt with wandering Willie put on it. Oh, I like my T-shirts. Oh, speaking of T-shirts, we're going to have the uh, Sacred Bush and Holy Holes. Uh, Anne and Renata's Irish road trip coming out shortly with T-shirts, limited edition. Um, all right. So the pink room. Now, the pink room was an office for the priest, but it didn't say it was the expedition room. It just said it was an office. Mm -hmm. But I did notice there was another room that was bigger that they also said was used for the office. So who knows if it was the expedition room. Uh, According to Ghost Hunters International, the lady who was telling the story there said that sometimes um, they feel people sitting on the bed and their legs being stroked or touched. (laughs) My legs are too hairy for that at the moment. I'll need to do some hedge trimming before we leave. (laughs) Not that I'm going to impress you or anything, but, you know. Um, uh, Remember the story of the young girl that had the baby to the priest and then murdered it? Yes. Apparently this is where the baby is is buried just outside the window of that room, of the pink room. So it's alleged that the mother and the child haunt this room. There is the sounds of screaming, a baby crying, and a small shadow figure have all been seen in there.
2: I find that hard to believe. If you're going to bury a child, you don't bury them under a window. Yeah, you'd you'd want to
3: hide that sort of stuff. But I suppose in those days... It, it, there wasn't the rules and regulations of burying um, people, but also the ground would be frozen there for quite some time, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mm. And we'd just like to thank Ku for the background noise. That's my dog out the back. Um, now, most recently, the most recent sightings they've had, mm-hmm. a tall, dark man wearing a hat seen in the expedition room. Wish I knew which room was the expedition room. Strange images in mirrors. mm mm-hmm. Bloody Mary Singing radiators And I tried to find out More about singing radiators And nobody seemed to know What the singing radiator is I wonder if that's to do With the music they heard In the kitchen
2: Could be and that's just the vibration yeah. of uh, the water or and, and whatever it is it, that they use yeah. to.
3: Yeah, it's the metal contracting yeah. and expanding, which will, which will be making noises. Yeah, uh, and strange light reflection. Ref, 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 put my teeth in. Strange light reflections in the house. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to the end of my notes. But let's go back to Nils, who came back to the house where his mother died. And she was buried in the backyard and then her father's dug up the body and taken the kids and the dead body of their mother away with them,
2: mm-hmm.
3: allegedly. Mm-hmm. Right. How much would that have traumatised a child? A lot. Right. A lot. He's come to- back to the house 20 years later. Yes. And the ghost stories start. Yes. Do you reckon this is the catalyst for the ghost stories or the ghosts or... The trauma of a child coming back into the house like post-traumatic syndrome
2: it's it's all very weird because why would you go back and stay and continue and um, then have this story created around you of another traumatic event yeah
3: so you had him down as the the one who got the maid pregnant, whereas yes. I had somebody else. So we don't know whether it's him or whether it's somebody else this has happened to. Mm. But
2: it seems to have kicked off from him. Mm-hmm. And we have a small village with a very small population. 30 to 70 people. Yeah. Um, and rumors are, spread. Yeah, who are very, very superstitious. Uh, you have a vicarage with a priest who is holding on and breaking these people away from their ancient belief systems and bringing them into Christianity where yeah. everything is demonic d- and e- evil. Yeah. Uh, and so stories are going to spread just to keep those people in line yeah. and, and keep them in control uh, or be controlled. So a lot of this is a kind of like, yeah, I'm wondering if it's uh, seeds that have been planted by Nils
3: Because he's had this traumatic experience within the house And he's wondering if his mother is still there And you know, did the baby survive? Was he the baby? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Um, and then he's told his story mm-hmm. And then that's planted the seeds of doubt But then once again it hasn't really been raised,
2: has it? Until the newspaper article That's correct Everyone also sat on things and not said anything.
3: Or were there rumours in the village? Who knows? Renata, is this a true haunting or not? I can't say.
2: Oh my God, she's a fence-sitter. No, I can't. I can't can't because this is just so... There's not enough information. Not enough information, and we could be making. uh, There could be some seed of truth. How we always say, there's some seed of truth somewhere along the way. Yeah. So, you know, these people could have stayed in those uh, in that building over time. But there have been a lot of created stories around what has happened. The interesting thing now is that people go there um, often to have these experiences. So have these thought forms embedded themselves in this building now and are these people actually having paranormal experiences or are the, is anything that goes on just labelled as a paranormal experience yeah. and it is a child crying or the radiator singing or, you know, the, the grey woman or whatever it is? Yeah. So I'd I would like to see more proof, and I would like to see documentation about um, some of the things that you know we've mentioned. The here. other
3: people that have mentioned they've kept journals of things. Yeah. That's what I would like to see. Yeah. Anyway that brings us to the end of this week's episode if you'd like to become a patreon of Anne and renata we'll put the link down below in the comments so you can find it and uh, please share this this story around with your friends hope you've enjoyed this week's episode i'm Anne. that's renata thanks for being here stay spooky and we'll see you on
2: the dark side bye
1: thank you for listening to this episode of true hauntings if you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network.